This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 377. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode it is Movie Club Time Challenge Teapots for October 2021. This is the listener reviews that we've set up for our Mario Bava season, a four-part series which will take us up to the end of the year. This is the second movie I picked and it's a little gem called Kill Baby Kill. Your reviews of that movie coming up after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs and we are so tantalisingly close. Can you smell it? Can you taste it? To the witching hour of Halloween. So, so, so close, which means shitloads of things happening just now. Loads of stuff. We concluded our Bazaween season of movie reviews on Monday, where the Baz closed out strong with Under the Skin and Final Destination 5. This is your second episode of the week with a little bit of movie club. And then on Saturday, you will be getting the next installment of my 31 of October series of reviews. We'll be covering movies number 21 through 28, which means there'll be one more episode still to come that'll be dropping early next week. So that will conclude with 29 through 31. So yeah, that will be dropping in your feeds on Saturday, on Sunday, 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 the Halloween that we've all been dying for. And I'm kicking it off in pretty spectacular style with something I will probably never do again on Halloween, but you are getting a massive show. I mean, it's almost half a day in length. It will be a Russian roulette franchise retro covering every single movie in the Halloween franchise. A ton of guest hosts and your boy, The Baz, returning to the podcast under the stairs to finish off the good work he started so many years ago. The Baz will be concluding his run of Halloween movie reviews on this Russian roulette franchise retro, looking at the 2018 Halloween and Halloween Kills from 2021. Massive episode dropping your way, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. On Monday next week, we will be dropping that episode that has movies number 29 through 31 of October, and that is us all done with October for another year, which makes me kind of sad. On the Tea Putts Collective, ooh, this week, before the end of the week, on Saturday, you'll be getting where to begin with. It is the season finale of my reviews, uh, but not the season finale of your reviews. That comes next month, but that'll be dropping on Saturday. On Sunday, 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 you're getting a brand new episode of Doing the Nasty. Now, there'll be another episode of Doing the Nasty coming in in a fortnight's time. I'm very much looking forward to that. Me and Mark finally getting back on track. And then the week after that, some Opera Omnia as well, which almost puts me and Bo back on track. We'll be back on track for the end of the month. So very exciting indeed. 
Right, we're going to take a short break just now, ladies and gents. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Kill Baby Kill, our second movie in our four-part series on Mario Bava. When we return after the break, it's your listener reviews of that movie coming right up right after this. This is Michael Caine, a award-winning film actor you may know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for The Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with... They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next and then back to something like Singing in the Rain the next episode They must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell Daniel Hopper, Paul Romani and Lee Hardy as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com Thank you Drive Through. like running headlong into a wall of silence. They are suspicious, distrustful, and the way they react to my questions. <laughs> Stop! Melissa. you disobey my orders? I'm scared, Inspector. I have a certain feeling that they'll murder us.
Welcome back, ladies and gents. So let's get into this, shall we? The first review is an audio review from our good buddy, David Garrett Jr. David says... Hello, Duncan and T-Puts listeners. This is David Garrett Jr. Once again, back for Movie Club Challenge here as we are covering the next Mario Baba film of one that I have never seen, but it was on a list after getting into podcasts that I wanted to check out of Kill Baby Kill. So this one actually popped up on my radar in that it was in the Fangoria Top 300 movie list. So that was probably the first time I ever heard about it. And then as I started to get into more Mario Baba films, it was one that went on a definite short list for me to end up checking out. Just because he is such a master filmmaker and I mean that just across all genres. And it's interesting how he you know, influenced people like Lamberto, who I saw was the assistant director on this film, as well as like Dario Argento. So what I like about this movie is that we have an interesting mystery here with some social commentary that's even relevant to today. I have to give credit to the writers of Romano Miglianori and Roberto Natale, along with Bava, who I'm assuming he helped technically with the screenplay, but the story was written by the other two guys. But I think they crafted an interesting story altogether. So I love the gothic feel of this movie. It felt to me like an Italian take on Hammer and, you know, some of the stuff they were doing around the same exact era. We have this village that is set in its ways and keeps to itself and holds superstitious beliefs. Going along with that, we have the characters of like Paul, Monica, and Inspector Kruger, who are all from a more modern place. Now, they believe in science and are more grounded. Monica is a nice bridge here to the beliefs of the village to a more modern look since she is originally from there. Now, to correlate with this commentary, it is interesting to watch this during a pandemic because we have people who don't believe in science and at times it almost feels like a more primitive way of looking at things, but I don't want to go too political here with that. Now moving from here, this movie is making you question whether or not something supernatural is going on here. The villagers believe that there is a vengeful spirit of Melissa getting her revenge. Now Baroness Greps and her villa seem to be cursed as well. Now when Paul tries to do an autopsy, the villagers try to stop him. To save the souls, they need to bury the dead immediately, and they also will put a coin in the heart. And this is all just kind of weird superstitious type things now watch this with more modern eyes we side with paul and his crew the villagers also turn to a witch of ruth for help this is interesting as this goes against what we normally know is that witches are usually blamed and then burned for things like this there's an interesting reveal as to why melissa would be haunting this village it blurs the lines of who deserves to be punished and who doesn't at the end of the movie, I believe something supernatural is happening here, and I like that Baba makes you question it all the way up till the end. That should be enough, though, for the story, so I'll go next to the acting. I thought that Giacomo Rossi Stewart was solid as Paul. I like that we follow him as we hold the same beliefs, or at least, you know, to an extent. There can't be something supernatural here, right? So weird things are happening, and he questions it, and we do this along with him. Then we also have Erica LeBlanc playing the character of Monica. I thought she was pretty solid as well. I like that the more we see her, the more that we learn her backstory is engrossed with this village in that she's also the Baroness Grepp's daughter, but she hates her daughter for being taken away from her and sent to another place to be raised. Then we also have Fabian Dali as the Witch of Ruth. I liked her there. I thought Piero Lully was solid as Inspector Kruger. I also like that we have Lucio Catanacci, who is Burgermeister Carl. Now, he's from the area, but he believes all this supernatural stuff is actually happening. Also, kind of want to give credit here to 
Giovanna Galati as Baroness Graps. She seems like somebody who's just been, you know, tortured for so long for what happened to her daughter that she is willing to get this revenge. Thought the rest of the cast rounds us out for what was needed. I actually wanted to give special credit here to Valero Valari, who portrays Melissa as this creepy child. Her, like, long blonde hair that's almost white and just how she's, like, staring in windows and everything like that definitely got me, you know, feeling a little spooked. Then... Just from here, I kind of wanted to just touch on the cinematography effects in the soundtrack. For the former, I think Baba shows you why he's a master filmmaker. He does some interesting shots and angles, especially for such early into cinema. There's one where we're getting this swinging and zooming in on a cross in a cemetery. It turns out that we're, is someone on a swing and it's simulating their point of view. We get more of this zoom in and out a few different times in the movie. I want to give credit here to how this was made with something like that. I also thought the effects were fine. We don't get a lot of them, but we don't necessarily need that. And then the soundtrack also fits for what was needed in building the atmosphere. So in conclusion here, this is a solid movie that I'm finally glad to tick off my list. We have an interesting story in the premise that just makes it socially relevant even today. I like that we follow Paul and this group as we believe there has to be a more grounded answer to what is going on, but the more that you realize there are supernatural elements, we follow that change as well. The acting is solid across the board, cinematography does some interesting shots, the effects and soundtrack also help to build the atmosphere. So after the initial watch here, I thought this was a good movie and one that I'm excited to revisit now that I have. So Duncan, my rating here is going to be a 4 out of 5 on the T-Put scale. And then for my tagline here, I have... The members of this village are killing themselves. Is there a curse or another explanation? You'll have to find out and kill, baby. Kill. Thank you so much once again, Duncan, for doing these. Can't wait to hear the episode and everybody else's thoughts on this movie here and to see where we go next. This is David Garrett Jr. and I am signing off. And thanks very much to David Garrett Jr. for sending in that review. Let's move on to a written one. This comes in from our buddy Tim Walker. Tim says, Dear Duncan and Teapot's Folk, Movie number two is also a wise choice on your part, Duncan. Another beautifully executed gothic horror masterpiece by Mario Bava and Company. Normally, I list some positives and negatives, but I literally can't think of a single negative for this movie. All the acting is great. The cinematography is legendary, even for Mario Bava. The sets are maybe the most gothic ever filmed, the women are stunning, and it has an intense, psychedelic, nightmarish feel throughout. And the colours. My goodness, the colours. When people see something like, that reminds me of a Bava film, this film's colourful cinematography sums up perfectly what they mean. I do know a little background that the producers and production company ran out of money near the end of the shoot. Bava convinced the cast and crew to work for free from that point to finish it. They must have really believed that they were making a great film to do that because otherwise why bother, right? I've read that several high profile film directors were big fans of this one. Neo-realist filmmaker Luciano Viscotti, who did The Leopard and the Damned, gave this film a standing ovation when it premiered in Rome. Federico Fellini was also a big fan and even credited Kill Baby Kill with the idea using a little girl as the devil in his Toby Dammit segment, the arthouse anthology film Spirits of the Dead. Martin Scorsese also used a little girl as a devil in The Last Temptation of Christ. When the press asked him if this was a tribute to Fellini in Toby Dammit, he told them no, it was a tribute to Mario Bava's Kill Baby Kill. 
Scorsese is a huge Bava fan, and I can see that in some of his films. Anyways, there is literally nothing bad I can say about this one. Literally, the only thing I can think anyone might have an issue with is how much sense some of the characters' actions are. Of course, that's totally not the point of the movie. I often shake my head when people complain Italian or Euro horror films don't make sense. They're completely missing the point. It's like complaining that a Picasso painting doesn't have the realistic look of people depicted. And that's not what the artist is trying to do at all. If one doesn't like it, that's fine, but people shouldn't act as if it's a mistake or an oversight. Remember, films can be like nightmares or fairy tales. They're not mathematical equations or an art form. Art doesn't have to make sense and sometimes doesn't even try. If a movie was trying to be realistic and then switched to nightmare logic, then there could be a problem. Sorry, I digress. Let's get to the rating. I'm sure everyone is shocked that I gave this one a 5 out of 5 stars and would give it more if I could. This movie is a goddamn masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. Duncan, if you did a summer series on the 60s, if there was enough horror films each year to do it and you weren't exhausted from doing it so much over the last few years, then I'm sure Kill Baby Kill would be a strong contender not just from 1966, but for one of the best horror films of the decade. The tagline for this one is, if you enter the village, you must beware of the curse. You don't come back from the Villa Graz. Well, Duncan, like I said, I can pretty much guarantee positive reviews for Bava Films, but so far you've picked two of my three favourites of his and two of my favourite Italian horror films ever. There are some of his films that I'm not as high on, though I still like them. Those reviews will be a bit more tempered. This is pure uncut. Anyway, I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe, and I hope everyone avoids creepy kids, spiral staircases, and gothic castles. Tim. Thank you very much, Tim, for your review. Always great to hear from you, buddy. I had a sneaky suspicion when we picked Bava that this was just going to be a massive hand job. Um, and I'm, I'm glad it is because I'm enjoying it. Let's move to our final review of this show. And of course, this would not be a movie club without the patron saint of movie club. This is, of course, Lee Russell from the Must Be Destroyed On Sight podcast. Lee says... Okay, movie club, and now we have Kill Baby Kill. So this is actually a Bava that I had not seen before. I had heard a lot about it. I heard it was supposedly, like, his best. I'd, I'd seen that said a lot. So going into it, I was definitely expecting quite a bit. We'll get into my review. A little slightly let down. Uh, it's it's a really sort of solid update on the gothic horror thing, I think. Like, it, it's definitely trying to progress the gothic horror even more than Whip in the Body did and really, like, install some modern ideas into it. I don't know if it's quite as successful as Whip in the Body was, but, I mean, at the very least, Bava here, he's bringing it into his sort of glorious color schemes that he's known for. He's flirting with more blood and violence on the screen here. And he's also sort of installing this surreal, dreamlike sort of imagery into it. So the elements are pretty obvious influences on Giallo and the coming sort of Italian horror boom as a whole. And obviously, like, Suspiria owes 
an incredible debt to this film. Suspiria feels like a spiritual remake of sorts to this, just on the use of color alone. It's, it is a visual feast. It's got this really good creepy town sort of standing in for the traditional creepy mansion or castle. Like all the insides of all these crypts and houses and stuff all feel the same as one of his castles in a in whip in the body or whatever, you know. The cobweb portion of the budget for this film must have been immense. We have a great main antagonist in this film, this sort of perpetual staring pale ghost girl who has this malevolent need to kill, forces her victims to kill themselves, uh, is an all-time great, I think, as far as, like, big screen ghosts go. I really dug the idea behind this and how she's kind of manifested through a medium being her mother uh, as a tool for revenge. I thought that was really cool, especially with the added disembodied giggles and the bouncing ball that is sort of like a herald of her coming. Uh, feels like the changeling maybe borrowed a little bit from this, uh, perhaps. You know, game recognizes game kind of thing. Now for the stuff I didn't like, it's got really clunky pacing. Yeah, very clunky pacing, I find. And the hero is bland as fuck. Uh, he is just not interesting at all. The film honestly didn't even need him. And unfortunately, like a lot of the pacing just goes towards the majority of the film feeling really monotonous. I think it's the low budget to blame here. It feels like there's there's a lot of corners cut when it comes to actually like putting the story up on screen. It feels like a lot of the dream imagery we see is trying to overshadow how monotonous a lot of this shit is and where they had to leave parts out. I also feel like the mystery here is kind of undone by being wrapped up so quickly with like so few sentences in the final act. I feel like things kind of rush to the end by the final act and kind of it doesn't give the film enough room to breathe with the ideas behind it. It's almost like an afterthought. That being said, I still like this a lot. It, it feels a step back from things like Black Sunday and The Whip in the Body, though. And also, I feel like the title deserves to be on another film. Like, it's an all-time great title that unfortunately doesn't really fit this movie all that well. At least not in the kind of sense you would hope. Kill Baby Kill feels like it should be on some, like, go-go murder 60s crazy drug trip movie or some shit. Like Faster Pussycat Kill Kill or something like that. It doesn't feel like it should be pinned to a gothic horror film. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to work. Uh, not for me, anyway. That being said, I enjoyed it. It's Bava. It's still pretty good. So for a rating out of five on the Netflix scale, I'm going to go three and a half. I think there's still a lot of really good stuff here. A lot of interesting ideas. The sequences where the guy keeps running into the same room is really fucking cool. Uh, the spiral staircase that seems to go on forever and ever is also really cool. And you can see where this movie is a big influence on movies to come. So it does deserve at least a better than average rating. 3.5 out of 5 on the scale. Uh, as for a tagline... Childish, ghostly laughter. An ominous bouncing ball. You turn and run, but you feel trapped in a repeating dream. And then you're compelled to kill yourself. 
Kill, baby. Kill. And there we go. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope to uh, get some different opinions on this one. Maybe people like this one a bit better than I do. Be interesting to hear. Look forward to hearing it. And uh, cheers, guys. And happy Halloween, motherfuckers. And thanks very much to Lee Russell for sending in his review. That's your lot, ladies and gents. Only three on this episode. I imagine it's because everyone's October is fucking hella hectic. I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I return, I'm closing out the show and we'll be doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 377. This has been a little bit movie club for Challenge Teapots October 2021. The second movie in our four-part series looking at Mario Bava. This was Kill Baby Kill. Thank you very much to those that submitted in reviews. Always great to hear from you guys out there. I hope you have a fantastic spooky weekend filled with as much horror as your precious little eyeballs can consume. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs wherever you are right now listening to us. Hit subscribe on that app, that catcher, whatever it is. Hit subscribe, that way you never miss any of the content coming from under the stairs. While you're at it, check out our sister feed, The Teapots Collective. Over there you'll hear other shows that I do, like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and Chronicle. The best way to support what I do under the stairs is subscribing to both those feeds. can be any easier than that. If you're lazy, you can't find them, why not jump across to our website, teapotscast.com. There, the links to all the shows are present for you at the touch of a button, as well as another show, Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts, a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil, where we do some drinking, arguably too much drinking, we talk about terrible, regrettable life choices, of which we have too many as well we do weird news stories from around the world guess what there's a lot of them and read out your listener emails on air Jaws is shite another regrettable outburst exclusively available on tpartscast.com if you're on Facebook and you want to get in touch facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tpartscast will take you to the podcast under the stairs the teapots collective can be found at facebook.com forward slash tpartscast and finally, Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod. Why not interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness? Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at teapotscast. The podcast under the stairs returns for you this Saturday where we sit down and look at movies number 22 through to 28 on my 31 of October. That episode coming on Saturday before the special Halloween episode on Sunday, which will feature reviews of every Halloween movie ever made under the guise of a Russian roulette franchise retro. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.